Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Mm. Today is Friday, April 19th. Holy shit, Martin. I think we just watched the single-handed greatest Champions League quarterfinal match of all time. I mean, Tottenham fucking Hospers versus Manchester City has to go down, in my book anyway, a top five match of all time. How about you? Yeah, dude. I mean, you know how everybody says that at the end of your life when you're lying in a hospital bed, you see your laugh, life flash before your eyes, mm-hmm. all the like amazing memories that you had. This is definitely going to be in that fucking life flash because this, from the kickoff to the end, was bing, bang, boom, football. It was rip them up, shoot them up football. It was no defense football. And look... I'm not I'm not going to sit here and propose something wild but I am going to sit here and propose something weird. I think there should be no defense because it just <laughs> makes games so much better. Just get rid of defenses. Have a center defensive mid here and there, but fuck it, just go for attack, attack, attack. Yeah, anyone saying that soccer is boring, I will point you directly at this game. Holy shit. <laughs> for- yeah, we have to follow the fan uh from River Platte. And get the QR code of this tattooed on our arm. So whenever someone at a bar comes up to us and says, you guys like soccer? <laughs> Soccer's boring. We can just be like, yeah. Well, check out this QR code and watch this 90 minutes of pure exhilaration. Yeah, I've, like, from start to finish, it was just, like, a pure adre- adrenaline rush. I can't even imagine actually being a supporter of either side of this team during this. Obviously, I'm Arsenal, you're United, where both both are our rival teams. So for me, I mean, I wanted Man City to win, but not really. I don't care for either team, you know what I mean? And I feel like for you, <laughs> I feel I feel like for you, you obviously wanted Tottenham uh because, essentially. Yeah, so for us, we're on opposite sides, but at the same time, four goals in 11 minutes, Martin. Are you kidding me? 11 minutes, four goals go by. After Raheem Sterling got that absolutely class goal, it was that, wasn't it? It was pure class. Whipped in from the top left corner of the 18 into the bottom right corner of the net. Like, Kev, there are a few goals like that type of goal where, mm. like, Robin has perfected mm. this goal. Cut in from the fucking corner and then whip it with your outside foot. And this, Kev, like, just sauce, man. Oozing mm. sauce. Oozing class. And Raheem, man, oh, man. He is quickly becoming a player that I don't naturally despise just because, holy fuck, I think Pep has actually, hot take right here, Pep has transformed Raheem to a good, from a good player to one of the best players. And I'm going to stand by that. I I don't think that's a hot take at all, Martin. I think that's what (laughs) It's a hot take for me, man. It's a hot take for me. Okay, so it's a personal hot take. Okay, so... I got it. PHT. Right. It's I a think, PHT, personal think, hot take. I think everyone has seen Pep Guardiola groom Raheem Sterling into a elite player besides you, but <laughs> elite. That's the, that's the difference that I'm going to make in my like earlier past year comparison of Raheem. I've always said that he's great. I've always said that he's he's fantastic. He's a phenomenal player. Have but you? But now have you? I have. In in <laughs> recently I have. To be fair, 
once people started being racist against him, I started digging him a lot more, and I was just like, yeah, fuck all these pieces of shit. But no, for sure, he has transformed into a world-class talent. And I- I'm kind of about it because he's he's young, man, and I always forget that. And he's, what, 24 right now? He has so much more to grow under Pep. And that goal was in the fucking fourth minute. And at that point in time, Kev, I felt my whole mindset shift. I went from Mm -hmm. Tottenham's going to pull off this upset to, oh, fuck, they're bottling again. Oh, goddammit, Podge, are you kidding me? In the fourth minute of this game, Raheem is going to rip one past Hugo Lloris. Uh, I was just like, okay, all bets are off. Kevin is obviously wrong. This is not going to be an upset anymore. But then five minutes later, Kevin, what the fuck happened again? Um, Let me tell you, Song Heung-min is an absolute terror on the pitch. I mean, Son uh, easily on the short list for the PFA Player of the Year, along with many of the people who scored in this game. Raheem Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Sergio Aguero. But Son with bat- scored a brace in three minutes in the seventh and tenth minute, just literally just cut open Manchester City. Both these teams like played super open. Like I thought going into this game, so I picked Tottenham to to get the upset, and I thought the way Tottenham was going to do it was to sit back, you know, play very defensive, <coughs> play very defensively, and somehow get a nil nil or maybe a one one uh, draw out of this. You know what I mean? And have the goal advantage from the first leg. Martin, if you would have told me that Manchester City would have scored four goals and beat Tottenham and still lose. I would have been like, you're out of your goddamn minds. If you told me Manchester <laughs> City scored scored four goals in this game and still lost, which is also for like a non-soccer fan must be so mind-boggling. It's like, wait, they right. won like they won four three and still lost. It's like, yeah, but you know, they scored in the wait, there's legs? Wait, where are these legs? Where what are they att- what are they attached to? I don't understand. Um so I would be like, Oh yeah, Manchester City blew out Tottenham, but Credit to Pochettino and credit to uh, Will Rivard, who we had on the show last night. We were able to snag World Hotspur uh, to get his immediate reactions to the game. Um, I would have thought it was a blowout, but credit to Poch. He said he called Pep's bluff and he said, you know what? You're going to play super open. Leave your defenders like, you know, super forward. Fuck it. We'll do it too. We'll play at your game. And that's exactly how Tottenham came out and is now in the semifinal, which Martin, can I give you a stat? Real quick. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're going to say. Yeah, I, I just, know you posted mm-hmm. on our Instagram fucking today. And, mm-hmm. and this gave me the willies and the giggles at the same time. I know. So as an Arsenal fan, it pained me. But, you know, <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're, we're bant, we're banter FC. We go after everybody. No one is safe. So I posted that Tottenham Hotspur has had their stadium for literally what, Martin, a couple months? 27 days, Kevin. 27. Okay. Less than a month, less than a month, less than a less than a calendar month. Tottenham Hotspur has had their stadium. Arsenal has had the Emirates for thirteen years and have yet to reach a semi-final in the Champions League. Woof! Ugh. Woof! Woof! Oh, Kevin, no! That that no. is that is some fucking stat. So I'm going to tell you my worst nightmare at the end of this discussion. But anyway, back to the game. Raheem Sterling scores in the fourth minute. Doom and gloom. You think Tottenham up. Here we go again. It's happened again. 
Song Hing Min comes out with a fucking brace, making it 2-1 after 10 minutes. Next thing you know, Bernardo Silva, out of nowhere, which I thought looked like an own goal, makes it 2-2 within 11 minutes. Four goals in 11 minutes. This is a Sunday league game, Martin. There was no defense. All the defenders were forward, playing open. It was just completely sloppy. And... (coughs) Credit to uh, Alejandro Marino from ESPN FC. I heard a quote from him uh, where, like, and we've played soccer, and you know, like, when you give up a goal, your team starts yelling at you. You're all like, guys, like, come on, let's not fuck this up again. Let's get it together. Yeah. Like, let's, you know, let's get a couple minutes of good play. And Alejandro was saying, like, both these teams didn't do that. Both teams, after, <laughs> after, every, after every goal was just like, all right, guys, fuck it all-out attack, like FIFA, just hit, yeah. the direct, hit the directional pad three times, and we're like, you know what? Send everybody. Send the troops. And that's you know a, what? A, it, it turned out to be a very entertaining game, but go ahead. That's something I, I didn't really think about, uh, so definitely fucking shout-out to Alejandro right there. Um, because, you know, common sense, logical fucking sense, and uh, based on what we've seen in almost every single match before, is after a team scores a goal on you, you take a couple minutes to hold possession, build out of the back, fucking don't take a lot of risks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this was the exact opposite. It was pit for pat. It was rapid fire soccer, and and there was no breaks. There was no control in the opening eleven minutes, and and I could not ask for a better spectacle. And I, I think that your point about the sloppiness is what led to these four goals being scored in the first 11 minutes. If you look at both of Tottenham's goals, especially, um, Laporte was at fault for both of them, arguably. I thought Ederson should and could have saved Son's first goal pretty damn easily. It was shot right at his throat, and he uh, took a gamble and dove the way he guessed Son was going to shoot. Um, and then the second goal, I mean, it, it was just class by Son. It was, it was a gorgeous shot, but it came from the fault of Laporte. And then Raheem's first goal, uh, Toby Ottawaddlewaddlewald ducked out of the way when he could have easily deflected it. So I love, love, love the sloppiness. I love the quick tempo. I love the fuck defense mindset. And I love this game, Kevin. Like, if I could pick a game to fall in love with and marry and have children with and tell my grandchildren that I remember on 4-17-2019... I fell in love for the first time. This Manchester City Tottenham quarterfinals of the Champions League 2019 is my love. It is my life. It is my everything. It had it all. It had controversy. It had rapid fire goals. It had last minute drama. It had everything that I could ask for and more in soccer. Mm. And icing on, on the cake, it was on a Thursday afternoon. This is the second time these teams are going to play each other in two You mean weeks. Wednesday, right? Wednesday? Sorry, Wednesday afternoon. Second time these teams are going to play each other out of three. So we have the rematch this weekend all over again at 7.30 a.m. And what could be better? You can't write a better storyline than this. Yeah, I mean, if you were to have an affair, it would be this game. And everyone mm. would and everyone would be like, "Okay, like I get it. I get it." <laughs> yeah. Like I like it's kind of shitty of you, but like I understand. Like, like I, respect. I, respect. Yeah, yeah, like they're a 10. So <laughs> Totally get it. Love your life. Um, but yeah, let's move more into the game. So Raheem Sterling makes it 
three two in the twenty first minute, and then you have uh, what's it called? So so you go into halftime. Literally, both teams like Jesus Christ, what the fuck just happened? Like I felt like they just literally just went. And they didn't know they played soccer. You know what I mean? Like they went into halftime going like, guys, I don't know what we played, but it definitely wasn't soccer out there. It was just all out attack. And then you had Kevin De Bruyne come on and give a sublime fucking cross to Sergio Aguero. Unreal. And it's it, but the best thing about this game was, Martin, all the top players came out to play. You had yeah, Raheem yeah. Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero, David Silva, all these players coming out and playing balls to the wall. You know what I mean? Hyung-Ming's son, sorry as well. I don't want to leave him out, but... All the stars. And you also had a depleted Tottenham side. No Eric Dyer. Dembele's in China. Harry Kane uh, on the injured list. No Lamella. No Harry Winks. The list goes on. So Pochettino, who also got zero, spent zero fucking dollars, dinero, this transfer, summer transfer window. Think about that. Or January, right? So to go up against Man City, the chic, the oil money that is Man City. Pochettino out-tacticked who we believe is the greatest coach currently coaching, managing in the world. So I just also want to – I mean, that's arguable. That's arguable. Hey, hey, don't write a blog about me. That's arguable. (laughs) So, Martin, I want to get to the controversy. The 73rd minute, Fernando Lorente's goal. So Cross comes in. It appears it goes off his hip. VAR reviews it. People are saying it's handball. I honestly say, what do you want Fernando Lorente to do in that situation? There is nothing he could possibly do. And, you know, letter of the law, people will say, like, you know, the ball can have any interaction with the arm if it's a goal. Like, if it's defending, that's a different story. But if it's a goal, it cannot – it has to be disallowed. For me, I'm, you know – and the referee was given the angle where it looked like it came off his hip. You know what I mean? So no, so the referee should not be blamed for this whatsoever. It should be VAR if there is people saying this is bullshit. For me, I just think, you know, they tried to review it. It was inconclusive. And you know what? The goal stood. You know, that's – and he, there's nothing Fernando Lorente can do. Like, he's, his eyes are cl- – I mean, it was definitely not intentional if there was a handball. Yeah, I mean, you got to think of it from – the context standpoint the corner swings in and there's a trio of manchester city players attacking this corner they are all going for the same ball all uh attacking using the same path of the ball so they are all expecting to make contact with the ball when the corner swings in and the second person in that little trio is fernando lorente he's behind toby autowald autowald and they both go up trying to get that ball. Toby gets a glancing header. And just because Fernando Lorente was doing the exact same thing, he was right in the direction of the new path of the ball. So there was quite literally nothing Lorente could do or even knew about before the ball hit him. He was not planning on it. He was not reacting to it. It was too quick. It was too fast. Furthermore, his arms were down by the side of him, pinned to the uh, pinned to his body, as you do when you're trying to head the ball into the goal. So it just—it's obviously incidental. It's obviously unavoidable, 
and it just has to be realized that if his hand was not there, it would have hit his hip and then gone into the back of the net. It was just his hand was above his hip, right where it should be in the natural uh, you know, swing of things when you're going to head the ball. So for me at least, it did not look like any type of handball. But I get it from the Manchester City context. It hit his hand quite obviously. You just have to realize that he did not intend to do it. He did not know anything about it. And there was nothing he could do to avoid it. So it's just another deflection off his body. Um, bad luck for City through and through. Can't deny that. Uh, I, I know that shit fucking just scared the ever-living shit of, out of them. Because that meant at that point, Lorente's goal had Tottenham going through. And that meant City was once again being eliminated from the Champions League. And I don't think City fans could believe that was happening. So what we saw next for the next 15 minutes was more frenetic play. And it all culminated in the 92nd minute with just a last splash of drama, Kevin. A little sprinkle of heavy, heavy drama and controversy. And fuck me up, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't even think, like, I know, like, Tottenham fans, Man City fans, the roller coaster of emotions that everyone had to have gone through through this game (laughs) is, like, astronomical. Nothing I think I've ever felt as a human being. I can't imagine. I've talked to, like, one of my best friends uh, from England, uh, Seb, who sounds like he's murdered someone. Anyone with the name Seb has definitely stabbed someone. Um he he's a huge Tottenham fan. I lived with him when I was abroad. He was literally losing his shit. He he messaged me. He's like, Kev, if you didn't watch this game, just don't even watch soccer again. Like he's he just like, you know, if you don't even understand anything about football, and I'm like, it's called it's called soccer. You fucking fucking nonce. Um. Anyway, the one person who I think is the most relieved in this whole situation is Erickson, who gave away the most horrible giveaway. Mm. In the 92nd minute, where it fell to the feet of Aguero, Aguero takes it up. I mean, it landed perfectly. And, like, from the angle, I was like, is that really going to land? Is this really happening? Like, I had to keep saying to myself, like, no, no, there's no way. There's no way City scores in, like, the 92nd minute. Like, it's over. It's fucking over. Five minutes extra time. I get it. But, no, there's no way. Tottenham starts parking the bus. But Erickson makes this horrible, like, Tottenham are just trying to hold on for their lives, taking the balls to the corner, trying to keep possession. Erickson gives a fu- just a total fuck up. And the ball lands to the feet of Aguero. He passes to Raheem Sterling. It's supposed to be the, oh my god, unreal, like, you know, miracle on ice moment. Raheem Sterling gets the hat trick and wins it for Man City 5-3. And I... I Honestly, Martin, I had to go back and watch it because I was losing my shit. I did not realize it was under review. I'm being completely honest. I did not know the goal was under review. I thought City won it because I saw Pep's celebration, everyone losing their goddamn minds at the Etihad. And then next thing you know, I look back at the screen and it said no goal. And I was just like, wait, like my brain got stupid. I was like, wait, what does that mean? Wait, so Tottenham won? Tottenham won! So <laughs> like, I felt like I had gone completely, like I had a lumbotomy. Like, I, like, literally took an ice pick through the eye. Like, I could not understand that this goal was disallowed, but I think it was the right call. Aguero was offside when that happened. So, um, complete, absolute, complete drama at the end of the game. And because of that, Raheem Sterling doesn't walk away the hero. 
Tottenham walks away with a victory heading to the semifinals. Jesus Christ. Is this not the this Champions League round these this Champions League entirety of the year has been absolutely phenomenal. But especially we're gonna get to the Ajax game, but Martin, what what was going through your mind during those last dramatic minutes in this game? I mean, it was pure confusion. It was absolutely just not understanding what was going on because when you see it at real speed you see the just disgusting horrific giveaway that Erickson had and then the resulting goal by Raheem Sterling you're just like oh my fucking god Tottenham has once again choked at the death and and that I feel could have driven the stake into Tottenham's heart and made them serial chokers if if they were to lose this game like that because that that's just an insane flub to commit at that point in the game. Uh, so I think I think that every single Tottenham fan, player, uh, staff, and everybody who's uh, you know within that club is feeling a huge sigh of relief that their worst nightmare, their terrifying dream, did not come tr- true. And then on the flip side of things, Manchester City just must be dumbfounded. I mean, from go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in a split fucking second. I mean, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Uh, you saw Pep celebrating after the goal. You saw Raheem celebrating after the goal. You saw the uh, citizens celebrating after the goal. I mean, it was just a stadium of ecstasy. And yeah, I, I've never seen anything like it. I've honestly like, no, I'm just being, yeah. like this game in general. I've never seen anything like it. At this stage, anyway, and this is hands down just absolutely just you know just puts me right in my fucking feels. You know, like I can't imagine being a Tottenham fan. If I was a Tottenham fan, I'd be crying. There are going to be so many just you know, uh, Hyung Min sons just named after this after this game. It's like oh, like all these uh, Tottenham fans are be like, hey son. It's like. You know, that's that's your name now. You're not just, like, as a title. Like, that's your name. Like, I couldn't even fucking imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, it was dreamland and then fucking hell in split second. And it was just insane to watch live. Uh, you just saw the emotions turn so quickly on all of the city players and coaches' faces. I could not believe it. And to that point... I had to call Kevin after the match, and after I saw the final score, I was like, okay, I know I'm doing the math right. I know I saw the anguish on all these players' faces, but just to make sure I'm not completely stupid and can't do math, let me just call and make sure, and then afterwards, we had like a, what, 20-minute conversation about that. And just the match, like we could just not shook, st- dude. We we just could not shook. stop. We just could not stop talking about it. We were just both like, I I don't know what I just saw. Like I I still can't breathe, and I'm not a supporter of any either of these teams. I'm actually a hater of the one, and I'm still like I'm still like really happy for them as like if I was an outsider, you know. Like, and Martin, I want to go to postmatch. There's two things I want to bring up. One, there are people now saying. You know, the Twitter verse, you know, because they're so accurate saying that, oh, my God, Pep Guardiola can't do it in the Champions League anymore. You know, without Messi, he's nothing. I think that's a really bad take. I think Pep Guardiola, in terms of the league, is unbelievable. I mean, we saw it last year with the fucking Centurion Man City team. I think he's still 
uh, like when I saw I spoke with Will Rivard from Will, uh, from World Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur World. God, that's a fucking mouthful. No, no offense, it's a great great show, but that was a fucking mouthful. Um, I I think he can still win a treble this year, a domestic treble. He's still a fantastic coach. But let me is there an asterisk on Pep now in the Champions League? What are your thoughts? Like in Europe. Well, I think it's incredibly interesting to look at who Pep has played in the Champions League this year specifically and his performances at Manchester City as a whole in the Champions League. And and if you do that, I, I do think there is a giant asterisk on it. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Not, not that, and I think both of us agree here, he is... One of the best, if not the best coach in the world right now. I don't think there's really arguing that. Um, But look at his 2016-2017 Champions League performances. He made it to the last 16 and was knocked out by Monaco. Look at the 2017-2018 campaign in the Champions League. He was knocked out in the quarterfinals by Liverpool. Look at the 2018-2019 Champions League campaign. He was obviously knocked out by Tottenham. And then, so these are three knockouts before he even gets to the semifinals in three years. Then you look at who he played this year in the Champions League and it, before reaching Tottenham. And his group was shite. The round of 16 was shite. They played Schalke, obviously. And then he goes up against the team that... A lot of people would argue could win this game, this matchup, these two legs, hmm. but probably who did, should who not. Said, who said that? Hmm. It was. It was. Who was hmm. it? Was it Monsieur hmm. Petit? Hmm. I think it was Mr. Petit, KP. Ah. ah. <laughs> all right. So you all look right, at. Right. I'm, I'm done jerking myself that. off. Okay, go on. <laughs> but you look at that, and and you realize that he has had 1.2 billion dollars to build a squad that can compete and win the Champions League. Because no matter what any Manchester City fan says, City player or coach says, a Champions League is the crowning achievement in sports. They have obviously shown that they can win the uh, the English Premier League and quite damn well if you look at last year's campaign. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be choking quite hard since he took over from Manchester City in the Champions League, and I would go so far to argue that he has struggled in the Champions League since he left Lionel Messi in Barcelona. His mm. career at Barcelona or at Bayern Munich not that great in the Champions League. In the eight seasons since he has left Lionel Messi, he has never reached a Champions League final. So I do think there's an asterisk, a big asterisk, when you talk about his legacy, but when you talk about his tactics. And his talent, there is no asterisk. He is one of the best managers, tactical managers in the business. But looking at the legacy aspect, looking at the lack of ability to progress past the quarterfinals in the Champions League and not be able to reach a final in the Champions League without arguably the greatest team in the world at the time, that does kind of put an asterisk on it, doesn't it? Uh, I think there. I think it's a tiny one. I don't think it's you know. I don't think anyone can say he's not a great coach. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone can say he's not a genius when it comes to uh, right 
to football, I do think he has had some shortcomings in the Champions League. And if you're talking about Bayern, at least, I would say his term at Bayern could be seen as by some a failure because winning ooh, the league because win, winning the league for Bayern is oh now I'm the hot take person am I now no that I, that's that I never considered it like that I never considered just the Bundesliga that's that's kind of a gimme no I mean mm-hmm. we talk about it all the time I never really attributed that to Pep where that, that is that is a gimme and he never passed the semis with Bayern Munich Mm-hmm. So it that I never considered that. Mm. No, I'm just saying, like I could see why some people, like you know, could see that it was a failure at Bayern Munich. I think he underachieved. I would not say a failure. I would say he underachieved with that talent in their prime. Um, I would think Bayern Munich fans would say the same. Like we had the best coach with you know Oren Robin, uh, Ribery, Lenadowski, all these players, you know, who we've considered like you know to be top of top elite players and not win Emmanuel Neuer considered the best goalkeeper under his term I mean Mm -hmm. I I could see I could see why some people would say that was an underachievement a city I think is a different story but um there's an argument to be made but Martin I want to move back to Tottenham and city we're not trying to shit on you all five of you but what I'm trying (laughs) to say is um it is heartbreak but I, I Martin but the thing is I thought about this after the game with all these city fans, we have one of our close friends who's a city fan, Ryan LaRosa, who was on the podcast. Like, if Aguero hits that fucking penalty in the first leg, we're not having this conversation. There is no there is no dispute. This game is done. Man City goes forward, right? Yeah, but you never know how that would have changed Tottenham's outlook on their second leg, you know? I mean, we can all, all do these... Uh, ifs and maybes and it's it's fucking amazing to do it's it's like cocaine obviously the meth is transfer rumors those are top twos for soccer fans everywhere transfer rumors and what ifs because there's nothing like a good story and good drama to talk about and i i, I do think manchester city had the opportunity to put this game away many times in the first and second leg and they failed to do so, and and it, it truly cost them in the end. And I don't think really anybody expected this second leg to be like this. And I don't think anybody really expected, aside Fucking fireworks. from fireworks, <laughs> yeah, aside from you, a Tottenham win, a Tottenham advancement. And because City lost once again in the quarters, I think that's why all these questions are being raised about Pep and Manchester City. When I think the true focus of the media should be on Pochettino and what he has done um, with this Tottenham team, especially this injury-riddled Tottenham team. You talked about some of the key players who are missing from the lineup, uh, either due to injury or rubbish transfers. Uh, and and it's incredible that they were able to defend their own turf at the new and improved Tottenham Stadium and then just beat beat City. Not on goal difference, or I guess obviously on goal difference, but not on the game at hand, but in the overall context. And that takes a huge amount of, you know, respect and dedication and focus to remind yourself about the bigger picture. Don't be pulled out of formation mm-hmm. because you want to win this game. You want to win the leg. You, you got to look at... It doesn't matter if we lose by one. Who the fuck cares? 
We just have to lose by one. Don't stretch ourselves. Don't expose ourselves. And so Pep, to instill that into his players from the first whistle to the last, uh, with the exception of Erickson in the 92nd minute, that was a truly impressive performance and a truly impressive campaign by Pochettino. And Kev, this is this is a little weird Aaron Ramsey hot hot take, oh, little mm, okay. little uh, black hey, magic type of hey, thing. First off, first off, Martin, we won today against Napoli, and no one's talking about it. So you know so. what else no one is talking about? That potentially might have been the last time you saw Aaron Ramsey play in an Arsenal jersey. He went oh, off fuck. injured. All right, all yeah. right, go on. Uh, don't. All right, never mind. Go on. What were you gonna say? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to. Talk, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I think Pochettino and Solskjaer are on opposite wavelengths. When Solskjaer was going through that uh, phenomenal first thirteen games of his campaign, Pochettino's Spurs were screwing up. The past uh, six games, seven games for Solskjaer has been pretty crappy, and Pochettino has been excelling. So I think. That they cannot exist together. They have to be opposites ever, always. So that's how you know how to bet. That's a little betting tip from me to you. Mm. Hey, if Solskjaer's doing tip, well, hot, hot tip. <laughs> if Solskjaer's doing well, bet against Tottenham. If Poch is doing well, bet against Manchester United. There, I'll make you a billionaire overnight. Mm, easily, you'll be the next. Uh... Uh, Bezos, or whatever the fuck his name, who just gave thirty six billion to his like wife, his ex ex wife, ex wife. Yeah, I hope that mistress was fucking worth it. I hope she's a fucking ten. Anyway, he's already uh, like engaged to her or something. Of course he is. I mean, if, you, if I was that rich, I would fucking i I would be uh, you know a Mormon. I'd have like ten wives. Um, Martin, <laughs> and that's what money does to you, kids. <laughs> yep, and never get rich. Um. <laughs> I just want to say, Martin, congratulations one more time to Tottenham. That's my last time congratulating them as an Arsenal fan because I hate your guts. And if you win mm. the cha- if if you win the Champions League, I just want to say <laughs> that is my worst nightmare because Arsenal fans have been hanging over your head for years about winning, you know, Premier League titles, FA Cups, you know, trophies, you know, in general. But if Tottenham wins the Champions League, Martin. I'm going to have a early life crisis, a mid twenties crisis, because Oof. a quarter life crisis. A quarter. I turned twenty five May second. So if Tottenham wins the Champions League shortly after my birthday, all these Tottenham fans who I've been, you know, ragging on, you know, in good fun, you know, we like to take the piss. Uh, it's going to be literally a nightmare. It's going to be a fucking nightmare fuel for me because. Now they can just be like, well, we won the one trophy you could never win. Mm. Mm. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Bitch. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really, really rich. Oh, I'm Obama. Got um, my horses in the back. <laughs> all right. We're not going to we're not we're not going right. to do old. We're not going to do Old Town Road. That's a bad meme now. But Martin, yeah, do, you, do, you, do you do you hear what I'm saying? We've spent 35 I, minutes. First of all, I just want to say we've spent 35 minutes talking about this one game, and I'm glad because this is probably the most incredible game we've seen all year. We might see in the next couple years. So you know what? We Fuck spent it. Th- <laughs> we spent the next 15 minutes after that though lamenting about what could possibly be the Champions League final: Tottenham versus Liverpool, Kevin's worst nemesis versus my worst nemesis. I will root for Tottenham. Kevin will obviously root for Liverpool there, but both of us will truly hope for a nuclear fallout because mm-hmm. 
that that actually might be what just just ends it all ends the world as we know it tottenham versus liverpool the serial bottlers versus mm-hmm. the serial uh misser outers is is that a word i don't think it mm-hmm. is but yep yep i think it is i think it misser is outers it's it's just a it's it's a predicted final for the decades and I, I think I might cry on that day and dedicate mm-hmm. that day to a, a national day of sorrow. I, I, I will be I will be kind of happy just because a Premier League team will be winning the mm. Champions League. So that's like a little like glass, it's coming home, a glass half empty glass. I don't know, like, you know, a little slimmer of hope be like because La Liga has been dominating all of Europe's competitions. If you take Sevilla in the Europa League or, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid in you know the champions league it'll be kind of nice even though it kind of sucks for both of us if either team wins it but at the same time i'll be like all right at least you brought it back home to england fuck yeah you know <laughs> like dude you like, have to it, go back to 2011 2012 when it was back in england and then you have to go back sucks. to 2012 2013 when it was not in spain and and that's that's just fucking crazy man that's five years ago Mm-hmm. And, and you look at it, and you look at the past winners, and England is thrown in there from time to time, and Spain are just serial winners in this modern age. So I got to say, I will root for the Premier League as long as I can, but this next matchup between Liverpool and Barcelona, dude, my heart's in a tizzy. I don't know who to root for. I don't know what to do. I'm on the verge of tears. Mm. I'm thinking about fucking crying a lot, to be <laughs> honest. Well, I do and, that all the time, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I might try it out. I might try it out this once or twice. It's great. It's great, actually. Like, you really just get everything out, like snot and all. It's wonderful. It's button. a reset button, essentially. I think I think you got to root for Barcelona. Me? Think, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I'll, I'll be rooting for Liverpool just to make it interesting. But Martin, um, let's get to Ajax Juventus. But before we get into that, we're gonna have a quick ad break because we've been talking about fucking Tottenham City for literally almost forty minutes. So whoopsies. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been working on my Mario voice. It's great. All right, three, two, one, ad. All right, we are back, Martin. Ajax Ronaldo. I said Ajax Ronaldo. Pretty much. Um, to be fair, yes. Ajax versus Juventus. It should literally be, you know, the Giants. It should be David and Goliath if we're going to get biblical in this bitch. But Ajax, my God. I mean, I can say every cliche there is in the world. Oh my God, what a Cinderella story. You know, Johan Cruyff must be crying because he's so happy seeing his Ajax, you know, Dutch team prevail. What, you know, this naive, young, talented team. You know, everyone wants this team of destiny, you know? But I still don't think it does it justice. Like, Ajax, when you look at their squad, which you have mostly academy young players mixed in with some veteran, it and you look at Juventus, it is such a mixed match. And the fact that Ajax has gone through, 
I mean, the fact that we've spent so much time talking about Tottenham City is one thing. It's going to suck because we're not going to spend as much time talking about this game because this is hands down one of the biggest upsets of all time, especially going up against one of the arguable goats of our generation, if not all time. Yeah, man. I, I really think that if you look at this game from a pure statistical outlook, from the get-go, uh, you're just absolutely shocked. The average age of Ajax is 24 years old. The average age of Juventus is 29 years old. The cost that put together the Ajax team was half the cost that Ronaldo cost this summer. And I'm saying cost a lot, and I know that's confusing, but it's the cost of life, you know? Mm-hmm. Cost city, bitch. Cost, cost city, bitch. And and it's it's really insane when when you just look at what Ajax has been able to do in the Champions League. Uh, you told me yesterday there was a tweet that said that Ajax went to Real Madrid and won. They said to Real Madrid and said, where's your boy? They then went to Juventus and won. And I am shook, man. I am I am as shook as I was when Ajax beat Real Madrid. And then I saw the next matchup, and I was like, okay, Ronnie's going to get his revenge. He's going to win. He's going to put Ajax back in their place. That's not the case. They are just a strong and passionate squad. And I really, really think this is the way of the future. Hope this is the way of the future. Because if if you look at this squad and you look at the players in this squad, let me tell you who came up through the academy. Uh. Out of 11 players, you have number one, their right back, Joel Veltman. You have their center back, Matthijs uh, Delight. You have their left back, Mazraoui. I'm going to fucking butcher these names. Oh, this is fun. Actually, just <laughs> actually don't, don't don't stop. No, keep going. Who else? You have Who their else? centered defensive mid, Lassie Schoen. You have their center defensive mid who they bought for one euro. They bought him for one euro, Frankie De Jong. Then you have their center attacking mid, Donny Van de Beek. And it's, it's truly insane that this squad of youngsters, of academy players, competed and beat the world's best. This actually reminds me of the 1990s and early 2000s Manchester United when it was built up of a lot of young players and young uh, academy players who have been brought through the system and are beating world beaters like Bayern Munich uh, for Manchester United, Barcelona like Manchester United, Real Madrid, Juventus, and truly a part of me, truly, truly a big part of me Wants to see Ajax go all the way now, Kev. Like I don't, I don't have a horse left in this. Obviously, my options are Tottenham, Liverpool, Barcelona, and Ajax. And I hate two of those teams. Oh, I dislike I, one. Ajax for the win. If Ajax exactly, win this, let's fucking go Dutch this boys. Will, this will be like Greece in the 2002 Euros. Like this will be mm, such. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm throwing it back. I just pulled that out of my ass. Uh this will be such an incredible Cinderella story. Team of destiny. Um, but Martin, like, what is what is up with Juventus and this dog in your house? Like, what is going... <laughs> what what is, is, is Juventus cursed? Do they... Like, my first thought was, like, where is, you know... Also, we didn't even mention Drake had pictures of Man City players, but is there a Drake... Ooh. 
is there a Drake picture with some Juventus players? Like, I need to see. Or him in a There's jersey. There's got to be. There's um, got to be somewhere. That's the only thing that explains it, truly. Yeah, and, like, if you told me... This is going back to, like, what we said earlier. If you told me Man City scored four goals against Tottenham at home, I would think Man City won by a blowout. If you told me that Cristiano Ronaldo over two legs would score a brace, I would be like, oh, wow, Juventus definitely dominated this. The only two goals that came were both from Cristiano Ronaldo. And one was kind of a fluke. And I want to get to the game itself. Martin, Ajax could have scored possibly up to four to five goals if it wasn't yeah. for incredible saves. And Ajax, what I loved about this game was Ajax played with such confidence against a veteran team. Experience is bullshit. I'm just saying it because this game proved it. And every team in the world should be looking at this game being like, maybe it's not all about buying the most expensive players. Maybe it's about making the best team, Martin. Like, well, I think that I think that's a fucking excellent point because it is. I truly do not think the best teams in the world are the best because of money. Even the Manchester City team of last year, who who yes, I do rank one of the best teams um, in the history of soccer. I don't think they were that good, that fucking excellent under Pep because of their price tags. I mean, Leroy Sané before he came to Manchester City, was not a highly sought-after, world-class talent. KDB was rejected by a couple clubs. Uh, and, and they were a phenomenal team because of their chemistry. You look back to some of the best teams in the history of, of, of soccer. You look at Barcelona 2013-2014. The MSN trio was just fucking connected Via telepathy, Te- telepathy, telepathy. Yeah, that's the word. I'm smart. You look. You go back further. You look at the 2010-2011 Chelsea squad, the Lance, the Terry, the Drogba, the Ivanovic, the fucking connection that all these players had with each other and and the coach at the time. You rewind a couple years further. You look at Manchester United 2008-2009, just a phenomenal fucking team. And and Sir Alex, I think, really proved it in the uh, in the 2013 campaign where he won the title with the likes of Fletcher starting, Jones starting, and it shows you don't have to have the most expensive squad. Hashtag What's up PSG Manchester City to be able to compete with the best mm-hmm. of the best. Ajax has proved this, and Ajax has proved that young talent that has worked together and with each other over the course of the past two years with a steady system there. And Ajax is known for that steady system, their upbringing of players both off the pitch and on the pitch. They have the director of football, ex-Manchester United star Edwin Vandersar, who has done excellent at identifying talent and mm-hmm. pointing out talent that would otherwise go under the cracks. And they have just committed to a lifestyle of football that is paying dividends. There's this super depressing tweet out there that says two years ago in the Euro final of 2016, Manchester United and Ajax faced each other. Manchester United won, obviously. Since then, Manchester United has spent $200 million. Ajax has spent $20 million. One is in the semifinal, one is not. And if that does not tell you or warn you about the cost or the risk of buying quote-unquote superstars 
and not dedicating your money and facility to raising your own homegrown talent and youngsters, mm-hmm. I don't know what does. Fucking huge shout out, huge props, huge love to the Dutch yeah. Ajax team. I just think we have a Dutch football resurgence and i think world football world soccer is just better when the netherlands when the dutch are at their best i mean we can i've all never agree. seen them i've never seen them at their best i'll i'll be the first well, 2010 to admit this. Uh, 2010 i mean like in the world cup final you know okay i'm sorry i i meant at the club level i have never seen dutch oh, football. Okay. they were they were a powerhouse in the early 90s and and prior to that but i have never watched dutch football mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I've I've never seen a Eredivisie match, um, and I just love that these old school teams, these old school powerhouses, are making their way back. <clears throat> the likes of Ajax, the likes of AC Milan, who is struggling on that comeback train, but still trying to nonetheless. Uh, I don't I don't know about AC Milan. They still might they're have a... trying, man. They're just trying yeah, to their I, Martin, hardest. I, Martin, I think you want them more than it actually is. I think <laughs> I know. I know this. I know this, Kevin. I know you always send me like you're like, dude, watch out for AC Milan. I'm like, not worried. Um, <laughs> Hashtag, yeah, yeah, they're not coming back. Yeah. So I have two questions for you, Martin. Is the Ronaldo project going to work at Juventus? I mean, they've signed Ronaldo to win the Champions League and to go out against Ajax. That's embarrassing. I'll say it. That's very, very embarrassing. With you look on this, you know, if we're just doing the team sheets, it just doesn't make any sense. And yeah, like, go on. Like, is so? Do you think this Ronaldo project is going to work? Is it already a failure? I mean, they signed him to a four-year deal, but. I mean, he's getting up so, there and he's getting up there in age. I'm not saying you're seeing kind of a decline, but if you look at his goal tally from last year or this year, it, it has gone down. I mean, I, I truly think that if Juventus had a year to win the Champions League with Ronnie, it would be this year. Uh, I, I do think that um, that it was smart, and it and it will continue to be smart for Juventus to buy and pay. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, I think that he will age but he is not going to have a insane drop off he is still going to be considered one of the best players in 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 the world in the league etc etc I don't think he's going to have a drop off like we saw with Kaká or we saw with Lamps at the end of his career Scolzi um fucking Gerard where they went to MOS I don't think Ronaldo will ever do that um, and I, I do think that they will continue to win the Italian league, but I think they had one shot with Ronaldo still, still arguably the best in the world. Like there are, there's mm-hmm. a shitload of people that say he's, he's number one. He he's the best. It's, it's him or Messi who, who the fuck cares about anyone else. And what my fear is for Juventus and for Ronaldo is that in the coming years, next year, even that he might no not be the best, undeniably the best anymore. Because right now mm-hmm. he is undeniably number one or number two. There's there's no question that nobody is saying that anybody else on the planet is better than Ronaldo or uh, Messi. And and I do think after this year there is a, an increased and and slight chance that there might be a player gunning for that number one or number two spot. So I, I do think that Juventus definitely wasted an opportunity here with their matchup with Ajax to advance into a semifinal. 
as mm. I think this year was their best chance to win the coveted Champions League. But then again, Kev, that man's a machine, dude. He He's, he's probably, a Terminator. Yeah, he's the Terminator. He's probably going to be just as good, if not slightly less good as he was this year next year dude like i don't mm-hmm. i don't fucking see any drop off coming i think juventus will still be a strong contender next year i just thought that this year could have been their year and and they choked in my opinion they choked here mm. yeah i really don't know what it is it's a mentality thing i thought uh bringing on keen uh, Moise Keane later in the game was a real difference maker. He was, it just felt like they had no creativity and Ajax really just dictated the game. It was really bizarre. Like all these youngsters just being like, not giving a flying fuck. Against- well, I think it's, sorry. I think no. it's super interesting because the Serie A is, is noted for what Kev? Their defense. defense. Yeah. So when Juventus goes up against a super attack minded team, um, you even saw in Turin when Manchester United played them. Manchester United was on the tack. United was not the better team in any stretch of the uh, definition, but they attacked Juventus, which Juventus is not used to. I think that's when they are on the back foot, and I think that's exactly what Ajax did. They attacked mm-hmm. rather than sat back and defended, which, number one, ballsy for Ajax to attack Probably well, the best defense real, in the world. Real quick, I think they're playing with house money. I mean, the fact that they're in a quarterfinal is an achievement by itself. So I think they were just true, like, you know, true. Like I think for them, they're just like, fuck it, we're here. Let's just keep playing how we've been playing. And you know what? I don't think teams were ready for that, and it's shown. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I the last time this happened in the Champions League, where I'm just like, oh shit. I mean, we're at the semis, and we have a true contender here that's not supposed to be here. Was last year with Roma, and this is even more of an underdog story. Like I'm, I'm 100. Uh, sorry, I'm like trying not to sneeze right here, but I 100% have to sneeze. It's so allergy season. Purgatory. Dude. It's fine. I'm in that purgatory where it's just hell when I want to sneeze but I can't sneeze. But uh, what I was trying to say is huge shout out to Ajax. I didn't expect this. I mean, we called, you called the upset of this Manchester City versus Tottenham, but I don't think anybody truly expected Ajax to be able to do this. No, I don't think so either, but we're already approaching an hour, Martin. Let's just, I know, I know. <laughs> let's briefly talk about Manchester United Barcelona. I know it's, you know, I think you're glad that we're going to only briefly talk about this subject, so... Let's just say it. Messi turned your back line into Swiss cheese. You put Messi put your back four, specifically Phil Jones, in the spin cycle. Like Phil Jones didn't even know what sport he was playing by the end of the game. He's like, he we're playing. Does well. I mean, if you look at him, he probably someone should remind him sometimes. Like, hey, like <laughs> we're, we're playing soccer. He's like, Roy. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just Roy. what I imagine. Okay, <laughs> right. Sure, mate. we All are. Right. Um. But, yeah, Messi gets a brace. Unreal, bad De Gea giveaway. There's been talks about De Gea's not best in the world anymore. He's had too many flubs this year. But if you look at the talent in front of him, I mean, the guy's not getting any fucking help. Um, And, obviously, I think Manchester United needs to spend big in the summer. But if anyone really expected Manchester United to go into Camp Nou and be very successful, I think you're a crazy person. 
Also, Messi got knocked by Chris Smalling and got a bloody face. If you didn't think Messi was going to be out for blood, who now has 25, 20-something plus goals against the top six in England, which is more than like Harry Kane. Think about that. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) So, again, if anyone doesn't think Messi can do it on a cold, rainy Tuesday in fucking Stoke, you're high on fucking PCP because Messi, if he ever came to Premier League, would absolutely destroy any league he's in, especially the Premier League. You're seeing that, like how Ronaldo has destroyed every league he would be in. Messi would do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Martin, I don't want to spend too long on this. I'm sorry. I do want to mention, uh, since all these talk shows are taken over, he has lost the past five out of seven games. Is that a worry for you going into next season? Um, I know the top four is going to be a very hard challenge for all of us, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, uh, Manchester United, of course. Are you are you worried at all after this game? And uh, actually, I'll start off. What are your thoughts on the game? And then, are you worried about going forward? I mean, my thoughts on the game and on and on the future kind of coincide with each other, just because they are the same thoughts. I mean, our Manchester United's players look fatigued. They look unmotivated once again, and and I just really think and really hope that it is the end of the season blues and whatever motivation Sokjar found for them when he first took over as interim manager, he has to force them to re-engage in that mindset because the past six games that he has been in charge as the permanent manager have not been fucking great. Uh, There are way too many players in this squad that do not belong at a club like Manchester United. Or at a club like Manchester United used to be, I guess is a more accurate statement. I mean, the back line, half of the back line, Phil Jones, Chris Smalling, Ashley Young, Matteo Darmian have to go. Uh, There's a weakness in almost every aspect of the Manchester United pitch. So truly at this point, as a United fan, dude, I want this season to end. I want to see what mm-hmm. Solskjaer can do in the summer. I obviously did not go into Camp New expecting to win. Obviously, I was hopeful we could stun them like Manchester United stunned PSG. But when you face the brilliance of Lionel Messi, Luis Suarez, you can't really do much when you have Ashley Young, who gave the ball away 79 times. He is averaging 29 take or giveaways every single game. And yet he is still Jesus the Manchester Christ. United. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a yeah. horrible stat. I mean, I think in the last game, his like he put in eleven crosses and none of them in the first none. leg. Not yeah. a single cross hit so, its target. So the stat was eleven crosses in the first leg. None met the feet of any Manchester United player. That's fucking abysmal. Yeah, man, and and so. There are obvious areas that are still very weak for Manchester United, but the obvious fucking point for me is that this energy has gone out of the team for whatever reason. So that that does scare me in a sense. But I want to see what Solskjaer does for this team. I want to see us finish out the season in a Champions League spot, reset during the summer. Obviously no international tournaments this summer for uh, England. Uh I'm sorry, Europe. Uh, so, I'm I'm done, Kev. I'm I'm tapping out as a Manchester United fan. I want this season to end. I want to see what we can build, and I'm hopeful these are all 
momentary fucking problems that Manchester United is seeing because the mm-hmm. past two games against Barcelona, Manchester United used to be able to beat Barcelona. Now they can't even compete with them. So it's depressing in a sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that fire back in their bellies. Uh, and I, I really do agree with what Solskjaer has approved for this summer. Uh, he has kind of taken on the mindset mm-hmm. that they do not, kind of the mindset of Ajax, that they do not target superstars, established players. They take upon promising players, which is exactly what Manchester United used to do under Sir Alex in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, so that's fucking awesome to see. So there are definitely positives underlying this uh, Champions League knockout. But fuck me up. I'm exhausted. My heart hurts as a United fan to see us dominated at the Camp Nou once again. But at the same time, I think okay. you got to fucking look at Barcelona at the Camp Nou. They, since 2012, have only lost once at the Camp Nou. So they are a steadfast fucking home team. And they exploited that. They won. They're the deserved winners. And I'm so fucking excited for the Liverpool-Barcelona matchup. Yeah, I cannot wait. So let's do our predictions right now. 3-2-1. Ajax Tottenham. 3-2-1. Ajax. Okay. So I have Tottenham. You have Ajax. All right. Barcelona-Liverpool. 3-2-1. Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh. Oh. We both have Liverpool. That's interesting. That's very interesting. All right. Um, also, Liverpool beat Porto and Salah, Mane, everyone. They beat the shit out of them. That there's no Shocker. news. That there's Shocker. no news. I mean, I mean, it's still a great win. Liverpool have a lot of momentum. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're salty that you know Tottenham ended up going through <clears throat> on Man City because they probably would have preferred for this weekend that you know Tottenham was going to play with the edge and try and take down City this weekend. I think mm. Man City's going to literally beat the shit out of Tottenham after that. So You do? Just, Oof. That's just it's also at the Etihad again. It's hard to beat a team twice even though technically City won, which again hurts my head that they still <laughs> won, but when away, but Tottenham won on away goals. All right, Martin, we're going to do a quick uh sudden round of questions. Are you ready? Hit me. Okay, this is coming from our Discord channel. Our Discord channel is where you can come out, hang out, and chat with us. That's really tight. You can come talk about soccer, video games. I was just talking about how I just beat that new Sekiro Shadow Dies Twice game. Um, Did you now? I, dude, it was fucking sick. I broadcasted it on my YouTube when I finally beat him. Fuck that guy. I beat the final boss, and it was it literally... I, I fought him like 20-plus times. 20... <laughs> 20 plus times i spent a was it good... dark souls 3 where you fucking uh played the guy like two times and then beat him the final boss boss mm-hmm. yeah dark Oof. souls 3 i was really good bloodborne i was really really good Sekiro took me a while but like it was the most satisfying i ever felt about beating a boss but i'm a fucking nerd it's cool all right um so come out to our discord channel we talk about beer we talk about soccer obviously um and we talk about all sorts of things it's a great time to hang out like-minded people who love the greatest sport the greatest game the beautiful game soccer so first question comes from the cunning stunt aka kevin stepdad Uh, you can have funny names like our good friend the cunning stunt martin a bigger french disaster notre dame fire or ps or psg in the champions league all right okay PSG in the Champions League by 1,000%. By 1,000%. Well, Martin, one has history, so 
Ooh. 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 So, Ooh, that's good. That's, that's good, good, though. That's good. That's, so, that's, 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 that's my best line, and most people are going to tap out halfway through this podcast. They're not going to hear the best line <laughs> of this that's, fucking that's show. That's fantastic. That's actually fucking fantastic. Kudos to you, brother. Thank I, you. I was... All right. So, seriously, the Notre Dame fire actually made me mad. Um, at people, not Notre Dame or the fact that it was burning. Or Notre Dame. It, Sorry. We don't want to be, you know, Notre Dame. I Dom. don't care. I don't care. Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian. You pronounce it however you mm-hmm. want, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Th- that's true. <laughs> um, but what pissed me off is that everybody who ever visited Notre Dame, no, sorry, Notre Dame, posted it on Instagram and was like, I'm so sorry to see everything burning down. And I, I, Sorry, you're going to see how fucking miserable of a human being I am. Mm-hmm. No, I was we, just know. Like, oh. we know. We know. <laughs> I was just like, you pieces of shit. You don't really care. You're just posting pictures of Notre Dame to post pictures of Notre Dame. So 1,000% on the oh, reels, PSG you, hurt you, you, people more. You, you studied abroad? Cool. Like, cool, cool. Except cool. you, Kev. I still yeah. fuck with you heavy. Mm, yeah, thanks, bud. All right, next question uh comes from our discord channel as well it comes from cranges mick basketball he said to discuss on your podcast and it's a reddit link a reddit link excuse me i'm a a normie it is from it is a quote from robert snodgrass from west ham he was fined thirty thousand dollars and given a one match ban for reportedly telling a uk anti-doping official haven't you got anything better to do you fucking cunt so, I think that's a appropriate way to respond to a doping official. For sure, dude. For sure. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm trying to get on with my life. Like, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for God's sakes, I've heard I've heard hysterical stories about um doping officials coming into NFL locker rooms, fucking UFC fighters after their title fights. Um, soccer players and it's always just seems like the most awkward interaction between player athlete and administrator of this drug test so can i just say that i am 1000 percent on snodgrass's side say that to whoever you want that's in the doping agency because i guarantee you 95 percent of the fuck it 99 percent of these players do not and don't want to take steroids or any other performance enhancing drugs yeah like what would that do i think that would hurt them because they'd be slower like you know exactly right it's it's it makes them worse of a aero aero fuck aerobic you got it aerobic no no, no. nope nope. it's it's a slow burn baby (laughs) it's a slow burn aerobic fucking athlete all right let's do rapid fire all right this is from our twitter please give us a follow lads underscore podcast this is from matt will at mj will six is Son, Ming Son, the greatest player of all time. No, but in that, in that match he was. He was the greatest ooh, player ooh, ooh, ooh. of all time in that match because without them, they are not going to the semifinal. Without those two quick goals, absolutely not. Can I say he's tied with the best Korean in soccer ever? Oh, yeah. I already have him as like my greatest Asian player of all time. Do you really? I still I, have I, him tied. I have a number... number one with and who? a half with who kagawa or who no 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 jaysung park man uh no he was tight damn it uh, yeah <laughs> he was he was the og son hmm. all right next question full kit wankers at fkw podcast full kit wankers podcast good friends of the show 
they said, is it weird to rewatch a match the same day so that you can properly enjoy it? No. No. A, you can. I, <laughs> I, 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 that is totally fine. That's totally normal behavior rewatch especially that one i i want to i told martin like i might get a vhs player find a way to record it have it on tape any any type of media i can put it on i will put it on an ipod nano doesn't fucking matter i will i want that game on every single thing i own i've seen the full game once and the highlights twice at this point and it's been 24 hours since the game ended so watch it as many and as often as you want Mm. Exactly. All right. Final questions come from our Instagram. Uh, follow us at Lads Podcast. First question: Christopher Davis, twelve. If the Premier League clubs were SpongeBob characters, who would be what? Oh fuck! I've uh, never watched SpongeBob, so this is all you, Kev. Oh shit! I forgot you weren't allowed to play like Grand Theft Auto or watch. Like, I wasn't allowed to fucking have an Xbox or watch TV growing up. Yeah, like I used to reference shit all the time. He'd be like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "No, like Courage Account." <laughs> Like courage, I, I I remember one time I was like, I was like huh? I, like I used to be like, dude, like courage the cowardly dog. He's like, I don't know what that is. I'm like, no, like return the slab. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right. Um, Mr. Krabs is Man City because they're rich and they want all the money. Um, Plankton is Chelsea because they're just an evil team at at heart with Abramovich, um, who just want the secret formula to win all the time. Um. SpongeBob is Arsenal because they're dumb and should be the protagonist, but they're too dumb to be it. Sponge, <laughs> Sp- SpongeBob, um, <laughs> I'm I'm really trying. This is a real curveball. Uh, SpongeBob is Manchester United, I guess, because they're like the state. I thought the, you, I thought Arsenal was SpongeBob. No, nah, because I, I think they're like the main. I mean, if you're talking about like the main character of all time, oh, okay, okay, I'll take. I that. would say is premier of the premier league it would be manchester united um like when you think of spongebob squarepants if you think premier league you think manchester united um mm. and then actually chelsea might be squidward yeah that makes more they're blue they're kind of grumpy but they still win sometimes um yeah plankton is obviously tottenham because they're my arch rival all right moving on Justin Sanders one says, "How long will we continue to see the triple manager setup at United with Ollie Carrick and Phelan? Martin, how All long right, do you th- um, how this treble of Manchester United managers? How long will we see this? I'm actually incredibly about it because it represents um, three different generations of coaching and tactics. Uh, you have Mike Phelan that started off with him, who was obviously." Alex Ferguson's assistant through through and through in his modern era of Manchester United. Then you go to uh, Solskjaer, Manchester United's first golden boy, true golden boy in the Champions League and as a super sub. Played for Manchester United from 97 to 2007. Mm -hmm. And then you have the third iteration. You have Michael Carrick once again kind of Manchester United's golden boy, never was the spotlight, but was always that relaxing and calming presence. And I think the trio of them and all of the wisdom that both and all of them have picked up over their years of coaching and playing is is kind of the perfect trio. So I, I love that trio. I love the uh, trio of players each offering a different perspective. I mean, you see it at all of the top clubs. 
Uh, you saw it with Mourinho and his top assistant. They talked all the fucking time. Arteta mm-hmm. is constantly being filmed with Pep talking all the time. And I, I'm so about it. I think it will last a while, at least for the length that Solskjaer is at Manchester United. Yeah, I could see it definitely lasting a while. I mean, we'll see, you know. <sighs> yeah, wins, results wins. will determine it. Yeah, wins talk. All right, last question comes from Ellerson2. He says, would you rather be Tottenham or Liverpool right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I would probably say Tottenham because you're coming off such a high of beating Manchester City, the champions of the Premier League, and you're going up a less – like, I, I, and I'm not talking shit on Ajax, but, I mean, we can all say Ajax is not Barcelona. So yeah, yeah. I would rather be them. They're only really – Tottenham is only really fighting for a top four spot, not a title – so, which is still very tough, but they're in a very comfortable spot for a top four spot. And Liverpool are not only fighting for a title, which is going to be so close, they're also going to go up against literally one of the goats, Lionel Messi. So, um, go on. I got I got to pick the exact opposite just because of legacy reasons. Uh, I'm picking Liverpool because I'm still in the title fight. First one to make a mistake, first one to blink loses the title. Um, so you're still 1,000% in, in contention for the title. And still, Liverpool versus Barcelona, in years past, I would have picked Barcelona through and through. At this point in time, I'm picking Liverpool, man. I still think hmm. Liverpool can make a another consecutive Champions League appearance. So I would rather be the ecstatic Liverpool players, the fucking players that are still in both of the two best competitions in the world, the EPL and the USL, UCL. And so I got to go with legacy. I got to oh. go with fucking trophies, Bubby. Martin, quick question. Front hmm. three, front three, Liverpool, Barcelona. Who are you picking? Who's better? Yeah. Liverpool. Really? Hmm. Abs- absolutely, I'll die on that hill. Messi is the only phenomenal fucking one in their front three. Dude, Suarez is still great. I, I think he's great. He's great. I'm talking about fucking world class because mm. I can identify two and a half on Liverpool. I can identify one on Barcelona. Hmm. Oh, homecoming for Suarez. I didn't even think about that. And People Coutinho, for- baby. Oh, people forget people <laughs> who also I, I I don't mean to rub it in your face more, but Coutinho had a fucking hell of a shot against Man U. Shut your uh, mouth. Shut okay. your mouth. We All didn't right. talk about it for a reason. Okay, well that's our show. Thanks guys for hanging out. Uh, please, <laughs> please, please give us a follow on our social media. Loud America discussing soccer on Facebook, Lads Podcast on Twitter, and Instagram. We love you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to myself